Do you ever feel like your dog has let you down or maybe isn't living up to its expectations? Well, in this week's episode, that's what we're going to talk about. What is causing your dog not to live up to your expectations? Let's check it out next. Alright, well, I'd say let's get this week going, um, but let's get this season, this whatever you'd say, going. Welcome everybody. If you are new to the podcast, first off, thank you for listening. It is greatly appreciated. Secondly, my name is Jake. I am with On Dog Training Academy. We are an online dog training business. We do courses, we have private lessons, all virtual and so we definitely want you guys to check out ondogtrainingacademy.com. If you guys are frequent listeners, thank you so much for coming back. I did take some time off through the summer to train my dog, enjoy the weather, since Minnesota here was so bad for the winter. It just was really good to get outside and enjoy our garden and play with the dogs and just have a really good time. And unfortunately, it made it so that doing the podcast wasn't something I could do as often. So... My plan going forward, if everything works out, is to run this year-round. We'll drop a new episode every week, and the way I'm going to do that is through pre-recording some episodes so that I can still go out and enjoy life in the summertime, and uh, you guys can still get some good content, hopefully. Um, so that is the plan, but on this week's episode, we I kind of wanted to start this, this uh, new one. First off, I have new music on the intro and then the outro. It's all new. I decided to to revamp it just because, you know, when you're doing podcasts as, off, as, as often or as long as I have, you kind of get tired of hearing the same intro music. And I wanted something that was going to kind of energize me and, and get me going and, and really get me excited to jump right into these podcasts. Not saying the last one did, but you know what? It's, it's like your favorite song. You hear it over and over and over. After a while, you're just like, oh, and you turn the radio off when the song comes on because it's just, you've heard it so often. You're like, ugh. Maybe in five years from now, I'll come back to that song. I'll be like, oh, that song's great. I want to go back to it. But for now, new song, upbeat, gets you pumped. So let's start talking. So like I kind of said in the, in the at the beginning in the intro there, we, we do at times have dog, our dogs let us down. And what we need to understand is, is why, right? Like why did the dog let us down? And you could say, well, the dog jumped on company. The dog, you know, did whatever, destroyed my couch, whatever it might be. But a lot of times what I find is we actually have to be looking back at ourselves and go, okay, well, what did you expect your dog to do, right? What is your expectations in those situations? And did you set your dog up for success for those situations or were you just kind of hoping for the best? And what I kind of want to lead with here is what are expectations? I want to dive into just what are expectations in general? And I think it's a belief that you hold about the outcome of an event or in this situation, your dog. Like, what is the outcome going to be? So you're, you're saying, okay, company's coming over and I'm going to let him go up and greet the people. And my expectation is he's going to go up and he's going to greet them politely. He's going to sit, they're going to scratch his head and they're going to say, wow, what an awesome dog. And then we're going to move on with the rest of our day. 
And maybe what actually happens is your dog, it, well, that, that I guess we'll, we'll stop there for a second. So that would be your expectation. That is what I expect the dog to do. And in my opinion, expectations are great. You know, it's, it's really good to kind of uh, look ahead at what could be happening or what you expect to possibly happen. And especially, in my opinion, expectations are great for, for goal-directed behavior or goal-directed training. So, like, if I'm going to a trial and I expect that there's going to be gunfire, I'm going to work on gunfire. If I expect there's going to be music playing, I'm going to train with music playing, right? So expectations are, are good for goal, for like goal-oriented goal training. Um, but it can also lead to disappointment when your actions, which is what we're going to talk about here in a little bit, your actions don't match your expectations. So you maybe didn't do like, you know, what was supposed to happen. So an example that I have, I haven't trialed my dog in a while, but when I was trialing my dog, since he's half retired now at seven, um, when I was trialing my dog, I would be getting ready for a trial. And then I'd, I'd look at the, what the theme of the trial would be or, or who was judging it or whatever. And I would kind of envision how the trial was going to go in my head. Right? You're like, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is the theme, so this probably will come up. These are the exercises my dog is good at. And these are the exercises my dog will struggle in. And this is going to be what it's going to be. Right? And then you don't do anything. So that's the example one is like you, you have this ex- expectation of what the trial is going to be. And you're like, yeah, my dog should pass this, no problem. Even though you know there's some sticky points or sticking points. And you just do nothing. You say, yeah, but I should be fine. You get out at the trial, and your dog fails. And you're like, okay, that didn't go as planned. I'm super disappointed in my dog, the performance, whatever. What you should be doing instead is that same example using that trial is I'm envisioning what's going to be at that trial. The theme is going to be whatever, right? Let's say the theme is going to be Halloween because it's, it's getting to that time of year. Theme is going to be Halloween. Okay, what's going to be at Halloween? Probably scary masks, probably costumes, probably... I don't know, a robotic thing that's going, ha, 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 like some scary something or another, right? And you start to maybe fog. Maybe they're using a fog machine. And so you have all these things in your head of what's going to happen. And even though you expect my dog can do these things, I expect my dog to go out there. But my dog might struggle with a, with a, a person wearing a mask or a robotic dog thing making noise. Well, my actions to make sure, sure that my expectation of my dog passing happens is to train for that. I'm going to work on training. Okay, I'm going to make sure my dog sees people in masks. I'm going to make sure my dog sees Halloween decorations, whatever. So my actions are matching my expectations, at least getting closer. I don't think, especially for dog trials, and especially when you're dealing with dogs in general, I don't think you can have exact, perfect actions meeting expectations just because you're dealing with two living beings and it just happens. Life happens. Um, but that is something I really want you to kind of think about. Like, okay, again, going back to my initial example of the dog jumping. Well, if you're like, my dog, I expect, my expectations is my dog's going to go up and greet people. But if you're allowing your dog to jump on you ahead of time, or you haven't been really careful about not letting your dog be crazy and greet people inappropriately, then your expectations and your actions are way off and you're setting yourself up for failure or disappointment in general. So 
What can you do to have your expectations and your actions work together? I have four different things um, that I think are, are a good start, are definitely a good start. The, the first one is to, this, is, this seems obvious, but it's not always obvious, or it's not always the case, is just to make sure your expectations are realistic, right? Let's say you have a, a nine-week-old puppy, and you're taking your dog with you on a trip, and you're like, you know what? I expect my dog to not have accidents and to be completely clean. That's not necessarily fair for a nine-week-old puppy, Right? I think that's that's unrealistic. And so you're you're almost setting yourself up or your dog up for failure. You're setting yourself up for a bad situation. You know, or if, if like we used to have a basset hound. If I was like, you know what, I got this basset hound and my expectation is he is going to be the fastest agility dog to ever live. For one, that's absurd. For two, it's not only unrealistic, but it's also really unfair to put that type of pressure on myself, but more importantly, my dog, right? If your dog just doesn't have the ability, then it's not fair. I, I have people who have who have dogs that are just genetically not social or genetically can't handle situations, or maybe it was they were under-socialized as a young dog. And so there's, there's a lot of stuff that's just in that animal to not be social. And they're like, but I expect you know, we want this dog, we expect this dog to be able to handle going on camping trips, to go on, you know, to, to go to the park where there's a bunch of people, to to be a super social dog, when it's just not in that dog's nature to be that. We cannot, at times, change the way a dog is. We can try, and part of dog training in general is trying to change uh, uh, things that are either impossible to tra- train, difficult to train or easy to to train and possibly switch up so kind of just be realistic with what your expectations of the dog are like is this something that's going to be realistic the next one then is to make a plan this is something i do a lot especially for trials and stuff make a list of what your goals are for whatever it is and and i'm using trial as an as an example but you could use something like company coming over taking your dog on a trip things i've already talked about but Whatever it might be, I mean, it could be even like grandma coming over and my dog not, you know, not licking her or something, whatever. Um, but make a, a plan or a list of what your goal is. This is what I want my dog to do, okay? I want my dog to not jump. We'll use that one because I think a lot of people can relate to this. I want my dog to not jump, okay? Then I'm going to list um, the issues. What roadblocks are going to get in my way of that? Well, my dog is, he's not, but I'll give you an example. My dog's a black lab, super hyper, loves people to a fault because that's a lab, loves people. And it's going to be difficult because at this point right now, mentally, my dog maybe can't handle being around people that, you know, can't do it. So that's going to be an issue. Um, You know, what other roadblocks might there be? Well, this person coming is afraid of dogs and... My dog doesn't like that. Doesn't like the person, or my dog, or this person baby talks my dog, and so that it's going to be really difficult. That's a roadblock, right, for my expectation of what I want my dog to do. And once you do that, then you get to the third step, which is be strict on those goals and that path. Okay, so you have what your goal is, and you have your roadblocks. Now you look at them and you go, how do I get to my goal, my expectation. How can I create this? 
And you're like, well, maybe maybe you do greetings on leash at first. Or you have your dog away initially when people come over to kind of take the edge off and then bring your dog out on leash or do whatever. Um, maybe you you have set up situations where someone's going to come over and you sort of uh, school them or teach them about like, this is how I want you to interact initially with my dog to help me get to my goal of my dog not jumping on people. Um, If you're not strict, and I think this is where 99% of trailing fails is you don't follow through. You're not strict. And then, you know, and, and really it takes one bad time. So you might be working for a month of your dog not jumping on people and you're really good with it. And then somebody comes over, something happens, and you just decide, well, you know, whatever. And Or you test it too soon. I hate when people are like, I just wanted to test it and see what happened. Testing is something you obviously have to do eventually, but people tend to rush things, and it's not good. Um, but, you know, you're like, oh, we'll just let it happen. The dog jumps, and then because maybe you don't want to correct your dog in front of people or you don't want to come across as mean or you don't want to yell at your dog or whatever example, you decide to just let the dog jump on people. Um, and your dog goes, oh, yeah, that's fun. I forgot how fun jumping was. I'm going to continue to do that. And now it sets you back. So you have to be strict on those goals and that path of how you're going to reach that goal. You know, And again, you, take, you introduce it to anything, any goal you have with your dog. Create your, a list of roadblocks and then how are you going to work on those? And just be really strict. This is why we, we really push people to kennel train their dogs. Because for, for situations like jumping, biting, barking, whatever it might be, something as simple as just crating your dog ahead of time away and then being able to bring your dog out a little bit later, it can make such a big difference. And it's just management. You know, If you can't work on your dog or if you're going to be putting your dog into a situation that's going to hurt your goal or your expectation of your dog then put them in their kennel and either keep them out of that situation altogether or have a plan of how you're going to work them into it in a positive, effective, goal-driven way. So hopefully that makes sense. And the last thing, this is number four. The last thing, and honestly, there's probably like 50 more of these things I could talk about, but this one, in my, this one, in my opinion, is a biggie. Uh, it, is, it is something that... I have fallen victim of, you probably have fallen victim of, uh, and we just can't let it happen. And it's letting social media drag you down. You you watch these videos and you're like, oh, my dog is a year old and he's super happy and hyper. But then I see this six-month-old dog on YouTube or in TikTok or whatever, Instagram, and it's so well-behaved. It's so much nicer than my dog, right? You're, you're allowing that situation to drag you down and make you feel bad about your dog when in real when in, in, in real life here you don't know this person might just be crazy trainer and just be like very strict and, and like just work their butts off to get to that point it's not a it's not necessarily a down on your dog it could be just this person was more driven for this goal you know or because your dog is different than that dog Maybe the simple fact that that uh, your your dog just learns at a different pace. You know, we need to live in the moment. We need to enjoy our journey, not the social media. Don't get dragged down because the social media person's journey is faster than yours. You know, this is your journey. Enjoy it. You know, look at what's going on. 
and and just enjoy it. Enjoy what's going on. I had a person, and this was years and years ago now, um, got a puppy at the same time I got my puppy, Luda. And we were both training for the same sport. And quickly, my training started to surpass theirs. And you could see it. And I tried to tell her many times, your dog is just different than Luda. It's not the same. Don't feel disappointed. I mean, and I mean, it is what I trained probably harder than she did. Um, But even if we trained it the same, it doesn't matter. But I could see over and over as I would bring out my dog and train. And then she'd bring out her dog, same age pretty much, same breed. And she was struggling in the things that my dog was excelling in. And I could see her just like getting depressed about it. And she ended up rehoming this dog just because it wasn't living up to the expectations. And I sadly think the expectations were partly due to my dog's success. And for one, it's not fair for, for us to for that to be put on us, but it is what it is. But it's just not fair for her to to judge this dog off of how my dog was doing. So really live in the moment of your dog, you know, and and sometimes your expectations of what you want your dog to be can cloud what you have. You can forget. Yeah, my dog's not good at greeting people, but you know why my dog's not good at greeting people? Because he loves them and he's so, once he settles down, he is the sweetest, most awesome dog in the world. But he has that struggle initially and if you let that initial struggle cloud the rest of the good stuff your dog has, it's going to make you not appreciate what you have in front of you until possibly it's too late and you'll look back and be like, oh, he was so good with people and and you, you reminisce. But live in the moment, guys. Live in the moment. Be grateful for the things your dog is good at. Every dog, I don't care what dog it is, has something good about them. Hopefully. Find that thing that is good about your dog and work on the things that are bad. 100% work on the things that are bad. But really, look at the things that your dog does well and be grateful and thankful that they have those things. So, that's it for this week, guys. I really hope this was helpful. Like I mentioned before, I'm going to try to get back into doing this weekly. Um, I will be doing this weekly for, for the foreseeable future. Hopefully, I can get to do this year-round. Um, and obviously, guys, as you know, podcasting uh, in general, one of the reasons why I take time off is because there's a lot. you're doing. I, I do this on my own. So there's editing. There's obviously the recording. There's uploading and all these different things. And so it does take time and energy. And if you ever want to, and I never make people do it, but we do have what we call the tip jar. It's it's at the bottom of the description. If you ever feel uh, uh, interested in chipping in to help podcast costs, because we try to give you guys good content and obviously it costs us money. But again, I don't do it for, I don't do it to make money. I do it to help people and educate people. Um, but if you ever want to, we have a tip jar. You know, we always throw links in the descriptions to things that we think are going to help people, whether it's free webinars or courses that we're putting on or links to our courses, links to our website, our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. We have all these different places. And the reason we put these links in there is because we think they can help you guys. So if you're not already, jump on YouTube, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm working on putting more long format videos on there. I have a lot of shorts and different things. Some of them are fun. Some of them are educational. Um, But just check all that stuff out. And obviously, if you guys hit us up on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, 
you can shoot us a, a message. And if you have a certain thing you'd like us to talk about, definitely reach out. We will be revisiting past podcasts if those podcasts have any additional information that we should add to it. So we'll run a new podcast saying, hey, we did this one back in 2000, but there's some new information and some really good stuff that we think we can add to it. And we'll almost basically do like a part two or three or four. We'll do this for as long as there's new good information because we just want you guys to have what's up to date, what's super helpful, what we found is helpful, whatever. So again, thank you everybody for listening this week. And hopefully, like always... We'll see you next week. Good dog.